Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this issue of Enterprising Families and today I have the amazing Isabel Botero and we are going to be talking about professionalizing the family business while looking at uh, our ties with family and that, that part of the three circle model that intersects family and business and how to navigate the murky waters when we have um, made decisions based on emotions and we now have to get those decisions to perform in our business. Welcome Isabel and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share this conversation with you. I love it. I always enjoy having uh, chats with you and can you just tell us a little bit about yourself before I start diving into professionalizing the family business? So I am the current director of the Family Business Center at the University of Louisville. I am a faculty member also at the University of Louisville, and I do advising to business-owning families. Um, And my research focuses a lot on next-generation issues. It focuses on branding, and it also focuses on how to kind of educate business-owning families so that they can achieve continuity in their business. Awesome. And talking about, just looking at our subjects, professionalizing family businesses. And I think the reason why I chose this is because I think it's one of the most interesting yet um, brightest or dynamite subjects when it comes to family businesses. Most family businesses start out um, with a brilliant idea and grow this idea. And, And as with family always, it's about creating wealth for the family and providing opportunities for the family. But then what happens when you've grown this business and it's, it's suddenly just blowing up and becoming this big enterprise And in becoming this big enterprise, you realize that some of your hiring decisions haven't been the best hiring decisions because you've hired based on emotional and um, it was a cousin here or a sister here and a brother here who needed a job but weren't quite qualified. But then you just thought, you know what, let let, let me give them a break and bring them into the family business. And now while they're in the family business, you find that they are kind of causing ripples with the other employees that have come in um, to get a job done. And um, yet they're being um, frustrated sometimes and they're not quite sure who's who and what to do. What is your thoughts on professionalizing the family business? So I think that some degree of professionalization is always important because it really enables us to capture knowledge, you know, capture what we know and then transfer that knowledge between generations of the business. 
So that if, if I have some level of structure and it's easier for me to teach my children how to do things. And it's also going to be easier for them to capture that knowledge and then teach their children of how, how to do things. And we know that family businesses are very unique because they have knowledge that is housed in the family primarily. So if we don't have some degree of professionalization, it could be very difficult to have um, or to transfer what we know from one generation to the next. So I, I personally believe that there needs to be some level of, of professionalization, some degree, because it's going to help us kind of clarify what we want and how we're going to do things, especially if, if our main interest is to grow. And I say that in one area that is particularly useful to, to do some level or some degree of professionalization is in our human resources. Because that this is where we tend to involve our family members. And sometimes when we involve the, our family members, they start as non-paid employees, uh, as volunteer work, uh, free labor, as we say here in the US. And then they become, you know, maybe they bring some unique knowledge that, that was not there, or maybe we want, you know, we are a family business because family, we have family in their name and we want to help our family. So, so we, I think that professionalization in, in the HR area or in the human resource area is, is important for us to understand. And let me, let me tell you kind of what do I believe professionalizing a family business in the HR area would mean. So to me, it would mean understanding, for example, what are the different areas of work that you have in your organization? So let's say if you own a bakery, then my guess is that you're going to have to have somebody who makes the bread and the cookies and the cakes. And you're going to have to have other people that are responsible of selling those cakes. Uh, and you're going to have, if you have a, a, a service part, you know, some, some servers and things like that. So you need to understand at least kind of what is it that your business has, what areas. And then what are the sort of uh, knowledge or competencies that you will need as part of joining uh, kind of the business? However, we also know that family, you know, you don't spell all that out all the time because you are very busy running your business and you don't have time to spell these, this information out. However, I, I highly encourage people to start thinking about this process, to, to think about, you know, what is it that people do in these areas and do they need to have specific skills? Do they need to bring those skills with them or can I train them in those skills? Because I, I, we, we were talking earlier about the notion that when you come into a family business, you, we might hire my niece or my nephew that, you know, does not have a job or had a job before and then come and comes and joins my business. And it might be that they bring these unique set of skills, but it also might be that they don't know how to do it. So how am I going to teach them how to do it? And, and I think that that's, it's really important for family businesses because if not, it's going to be challenging uh, for them to kind of grow and to move from one place to another. So, so that's kind of how I believe uh, family businesses and this notion of professionalization can be useful. It can also, uh, by the way, I think that it can also be extremely detrimental if you become too professionalized. Because if, you're, if you have 
structures that are too limiting, then you're never, it's going to be very difficult to have family members that are going to come and join your business because they're going to have to have a very particular set of skills and it might be much more difficult. So I think it's what I love about this idea is that it's like some degree of it is necessary, but too much of it is too bad too. How do you think um, a family business can navigate a situation where they've hired family members and um, maybe whether the family members are competent or incompetent is a whole different discussion, but you, they also equally hire qualified or not to say that family members are not qualified, but then they hire um, outside um, individuals that are not family members to work in certain positions in the business. And then conflicts arise between the family members and uh, the non-family members. What is the best way to, to deal with this, especially in the cases where the non-family members are probably more qualified or more um, of a higher position within the company than the family members? How do you handle such conflicts? How do you communicate with family um, in a way that doesn't uh, make them feel that you're taking sides and that you are actually doing what's best for the business and at the end of the day, for them to realize that what's best for the business is best for everybody. So one of the things that, when I think about these issues, I tend to think about expectations and, and how to set expectations with our family members and also with our non-family members. Because a lot of the times our family members believe that because they're from the family, they have all this leeway in the way that they can interact and what they can do inside of the business. So it's also important to educate when you when you have a family member that comes and joins the business, it is important to educate them as to what is it that you expect from them as they join the business. And, and it might be that those expectations change, but you, you need to have a way to share that with your with your family members. I also believe uh, that the same way that you are highlighting those expectations with your family members, you should also as an owner highlight it with the non-family members because they they also have certain expectations and they might not, when I talk about expectation, I also believe that I might have some expectations that are very kind of in, inside my head. I never articulate them or I make them explicit in any way. And if I do not do that, I am going to be judging others based on what I believe, but they do not know that I believe that. So to me, it's, it's very important to have conversations about what is it that people want to do? What is it that they expect in this process? And to have it both with family and non-family members with family members about kind of what is it that they expect to do? What are, what is it that they uh, are kind of in exchange of doing what they do? What is it that they're going to get? What are their responsibilities and actions? Because if you're able to outline those responsibilities and actions, then it's much easier to prevent a conflict before it even occurs. So, so for example, let's say uh, I'm going to hire my mother. 
And if I hire my mother and she starts working for me and I never outline kind of what sort of expectations I have, like, mom, I, I hope that you can help me with this. I hope that you can do this sort of things. Here's how you're contributing to this business and to, and to the well-being of the business. If I'm not able to say that to her, my mom is going to automatically enter the business and take her role as mom in this interaction. And so um, I, I have, I actually have worked with my mom in things. So we painted a room and my mom knows nothing about painting, but she was helping me and I, I could use the help. And I never articulated, look, mom, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is why we're going to do it that way. The why is actually pretty important. So we were painting this room and it was bright, bright yellow. And you know that when you paint, you have to put primers or you can download that yellow so that then you can put another thing. And my mom, no, no, we have to do it this way. And she kind of bossed me into doing it without a primer. And it ended up that we had to do the, the job twice because it was my fault. Because when I invited her, I said, mom, look, this is what we're going to do. Here's what I know. Here's why we need to do these things. And I never explained it to her. And I, when my mom started saying, like, I felt very uncomfortable saying no to my mom. So I had to do, it, I had to do this process all over again. If this was a business, I would have lost a lot of resources and I have had to reuse a lot of resources because I had not articulated my expectations to my mother and tell her, look, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it that way. And here's how you can help. So I, I take that as, as a learning opportunity. And every time now that I interact with my mom and we're going to work together on a project, I, I, I'm very explicit about, look, mom, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is why I think we should do it that way. I also allow her to say, do you think that I'm missing something? Is there something that I could add? So then she also believes that she has a voice in this process because that's also an important component. Like if I don't believe that I have a participation or a voice, then kind of why am I going to be part of this? So I think that for family members, it's very important to articulate that. And even if, if at the beginning you start and you don't have that articulated and maybe things are not going as well as you want them to go, maybe that provides you a great opportunity to start interacting with that family member to say, you know, why is it that maybe it's not going as well as, as it could go? Mm -hmm. And then let them act, let them say and, and tell you kind of what are their thoughts. And then you can say, you know, I was also thinking that this and this, whatever it is, because that way it becomes more of a conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, that a lot of the times in, in business owning families, things become a conflict because it becomes a kind of a will of, ego like it's my ego or your ego and so it's like so it becomes a mess and, and if we make it more like a conversation then I think it's, it's a lot easier and and just one another point about the non-family people are like the non-family members are also very important because a lot of the times at least from my experience there had been um a lot of people that believe that, oh, just because this is a family member, oh, that person doesn't know anything or can't work or they're here just because they have the last name. And yes, they're here because they have the last name, but they can also bring something. If you guide them and if you tell them how to do it and if you help them, 
then they can be really good. However, as a non-family member, I need to acknowledge that I, I can give an opportunity to them. I can be, ex I can, you know, be explicit with them, have a conversation with them also of how we can work better together. Mm. I think it's really important to figure out how we can work together. And um, sometimes um, that aspect of family gets into the way. And like you said, communication is very key and um, being able to set out expectations. Would you advise that um, business families set about um, creating formal contracts for family members? Because you find some um, families will employ family members without that contract, without that formal documentation that says this person, like you said, that sets the parameters of the expectation. How important are, are these work contracts and um, how soon do you think these should happen more so in the smaller family businesses than in the larger ones? Because the larger ones, there's, there's obviously the red tape of um, being formalized um, organizations that requires those contracts. But then for the small and medium families, what, what would you advise? I, I think that when I think of contracts, a contract protects both the person who generates the contract and the person who's taking the contract. And it, and it also allows them to have a conversation about the expectations. Because when I get an offer, like an, an offer letter, the offer letter tends to outline kind of this is what you're going to do and, and things. And you can do the same way with a family member. Outline it. And, and see how it works. I, I, I always believe that in, in, when I think about employment context, it is much better to go a little bit more formal with regard to the contract. I don't know, uh, diff, I know that different countries have different uh, kind of time lengths in which are, there can, people are considered in pro, probation time or in, I don't know the technical term, but, but it's like in this initial time in which we're trying to figure out whether this is going to work or not. And, and I think that, for example, from my experience, within the first two or three months of working with somebody, you know if, if this can have a future or not. So I encourage uh, families to think about their contracts with their families in a similar way. And, and explain to their family members, look, how about if we try this out for this period of time to see how it works, to see if this is what you like, just to make sure that you acknowledge the other side and to make sure that, that kind of we can work together as a family and, and we can achieve kind of success because we know like in business families, at the end, if the business is unsuccessful in these situations, then the family is not going to have the opportunity to help each other through the business. So, so it's, it's a very delicate balance between very, being successful as a business and being successful as a family. You have to have the two so you can be good and, and so you can have a positive dynamic in the family. So because of that, I would encourage people to, talk, to think about having some initial time of probation. And, and it could be like, 
for me, I know within a month whether I can work with a person or not. And it depends on kind of how long that, that, that is for each person. But I would encourage you that after that probation, you should have a formal contract because it's going to protect both parties. You never know what's going to happen. And so it's a lot easier to have some form of formality. And it doesn't have to be totally, you know, full on blown contract, but you need to have something that is in writing that it protects both members of the family because you never know what's going to happen in a family. If something is not written, sometimes the people that you love and that you hired to protect them and to help them. And if they don't have a contract, they're not going to be able to be helped because like, for example, if I pass away and I hire my mom and I just told her, hey, come work for me. And then she's going to be unprotected in this relationship if something happens to me. So, so that, that would be kind of a reason why I would say you, it's much better if you have a written contract that is going to protect both parties. Then what do you think about the issue of when you have to let go a family member from the business? How, I know these are, those are difficult discussions, but how would you best advise or what, what do you best advise business families and um, just how to speak to a family member and say, you know what? I can no longer be of assistance. I think um, that our journey together in this business is no longer functional, especially if they're just an employee and they're not an, uh, a shareholder. And maybe in some cases they may be a shareholder, but then they being an employee as uh, for the business is not exactly a good idea. I think that the, this is one of the hardest conversations to have. I actually had, um, as part of the classes that I taught, um, I had a student who had to fire her mother. So talk about a difficult conversation in life. However, here are key things that, that I think are very important in any type, and, and I would say particularly with family members. One is that you need to be honest with the other person. And, and explain kind of what is it that is happening. And, and, it's, and, I, and I think that, that if you're going to let go of somebody in your family, you need to have at least given the opportunity before because it's, it's very difficult if you have never told me that I'm doing something wrong and then suddenly you say, okay, you're fired. And I'm like, you, you catch me at, like with a big surprise. So the same way that you interact with it with an employee and you say okay look I don't think you're doing this I don't think you're doing this I don't think you're doing this I think you should have the same respect to a family member if they're falling short on something let them know so that they can prepare and, and at least you know why is it that this is happening it might be that they don't know that that is expected of them or it might be that they don't have the capabilities there's a lot of reasons so it is much better to start the conversation early because it's not like one day I just suck and I'm not going to do any more of my work. No, like normally it's a process that accumulates. So I, I suggest that you start talking through it through the whole process and you put yourself, give yourself goals as a team. You know, 
look, for us to be able to continue working together, this is what needs to happen. I think you need to do this, this, and this. So how about if we work the next month to see if you can achieve that? Because then if, if people cannot achieve it, then the conversation becomes a lot easier because it's not like, okay, you suck and you have to leave. No, it's like, look, we've tried this. We've tried to have a different, different mechanisms to work together. However, you know, after these three months and after trying four times, I really think that this might not be more beneficial for both of us. So here is another opportunity. You know, it might be better if you go and work in a, in a different context or in a different opportunity. So, so something like that. And who do you think is best placed to fire a family member? You hear there's some people, there are some cases or some people who um, prefer not to be the one to break the heart of a loved one and say, you know, unfortunately, I don't think um, that the work that's being done here is appropriate or is, um, is in line with what the way the company wants to go. Um, when it comes to that person being a family member, do you think that even if they're not your direct subordinate, or um, they don't need to. They don't need to hear it from you directly. Do you think it's a, it's right for you, as the uh, as the owner of the company or the a shareholder in the company to be the one to let a family member go, or do you think that um, it should fall to the person that they report to? I think that it should go to the person that it, they report to because that's the person who has the most knowledge. I also believe that if this person who they report to is a non-family member, this person should make aware a family member or the, or the owner that these dynamics are going on. Because a lot of the times then the family will not know. And so it has to be, it has to be that we have a way to communicate inside of the business. Look, this person is not doing as well as we expected. So what are we going to do? But so let me give you an example. So as part of my job, I have done um, internship supervision. And a lot of the times it's, it's common to have the children of business owners work in the business of their parents. However, the only requirement that I always ask is that they, can ne they cannot be supervised by a family member especially when, when they're working as part of their internship. And the reason for this is that people who are not, first of all, it takes the family away from that interaction because although I am working in a family business, then my supervisor is not my, my mom, my dad, my uncle, my aunt, my brother. So it, it takes kind of at least that family relationship a little bit. It's not that it takes it away, but it's, it's less prominent in, in this interaction. And at the same time, from my experience, people who are non-family members, they tend to be, they tend to give more opportunities to the person because they don't know the history of the family member. And then they also tend to request more of them in a way, be more strict in the way then, because what happens when you're a family member is that you tend to give a lot of leeway because you know the history, you know what's going on in their lives, you know, you tend to know all of these things. And so other non-family employees may perceive this as 
preferential treatment. And so, so you have to like, especially when you have family and non-family employees, you have to be very careful with that because it might be that, you know, they might be going through a horrible time and they have asked you for all this help, but the other people that are not in your family do not know anything about it. So you need to kind of be aware of that a little bit. So, so it's like what I find very interesting about family businesses is that in a business that is non-family, there are very clear cut answers, yes, no. Here it's like, well, it depends on this and this and this other thing. So what I, what I am saying with my answer is then I encourage people to be their supervisor the one who kind of lets go of an individual because that's what happens normally in the business. However, that supervisor, if it's a non-family member, they should make family members aware of what is occurring, why is it happening, what, what has been done to remediate what has been happen, happening or not, and then now make it more of a conversation because then in, in this sense, then the family member can come also and say, look, you know, we've tried this before. We have done all of these things. So it really doesn't work right now. Maybe then I can help you and I can give you a suggestion of this other place in which you might be better fitted to. And what do you then do in a situation where you have a family member who is in conflict with their immediate supervisor, who is a non-family member, and the family member starts throwing around their weight, which is, I am related to the owner. I am family here. I am, this is our family business. How do you handle such conflicts and, um, and ease tensions? Because you also have the danger of you could lose good stuff. And um, especially in most industries where you have a very small communities that are dedicated to certain industries your organization could get a reputation for being a reputation where they are family members who throw their weight around and um, so you find difficulty in hiring for certain positions how do you handle that as a family business owner so i'm going to connect back to the notion this is why a contract is such an important thing because a contract helps you outline and explain to others what they can and can't do and it's also uh, important. So the contract is an important thing, but another thing is that is also important is the, the culture of a business and, and how you work in that culture. Because my guess is that a, a culture that allows that would be a culture in which the family is the predominant and you tend to have very few non-family employees because everybody that is in the family tends to push them around and they tend not to stay in the family business. So, so think about kind of what is the type of culture that you are promoting in your business and kind of how are you act, are your actions as a business owner saying what you expect other family members to do? If, if I am an owner and I'm very, I'm, and I'm very respectful of my non-family employees, then most likely, other people that are in the family are also going to engage in similar behavior because if not, they're going to be outside of the expectations of the founder or the owner. 
and this happens a lot in, in like in smaller family businesses, you see, you tend to see actions like, like the one you just described, particularly in situations in which the family or the culture of the business allows that to happen. Because there's another, like I've seen small business in which if that would happen, like if one family member would do that, they would be outcast by the whole family. So they would, you would not even engage in that behavior because that would outcast you from, from your members, from your family. So it's, think about, think about contracts. And uh, I don't know if you are aware of, there's a concept called a, a psychological contract. And a psychological contract is a contract that is not written, but we all have these expectations of what you as my supervisor should do and what I as an employee should do. And a lot of the times when we work in organizations, especially in family businesses, these psychological contracts are tied to our role in the family. So for example, if I work with my brother, I am, I am older than my brother, so if I don't, I expect him, if we're in, the, in, in, in an organization, that he's going to respect me as the eldest of, of the family. However, he might be, let's say, the CEO of the company. So this is why having a written contract helps you kind of articulate these different kind of expectations especially in the family, because I think that if we have different expectations, if you expect me to do something and I expect you to do something different of what you believe you should do, then that will create a lot of crisis and in conflict situations that are gonna be difficult to navigate. So think about it from that perspective. Have a contract. If you don't have a contract, have a way that is non-formal, like that is not non-written to create a culture that is not going to facilitate that. And if it's happening, then as, as the CEO of a family, I would say, I would go and say something to the family member and go in the same process. As I said, you know, I give him a try because a lot of times they do it without knowing. So give them a shot. You know, if, if you can, can, can do it, better next time or if you repeat it and repeat it and repeat bad behavior over and over maybe that's not the, the person that you want but if they do it once you tell them that they're doing something wrong and then they change their behavior then I would say okay you know it's the effort you have learned and now you know and you have made your culture better because as a family member you have spoken out about a person a family doing the family member doing this and what are the expectations of other family members well, thank you so much, Isabel, for uh, unpacking that interesting issue and uh, really giving us guidance and insight into how to better handle professionalizing the family business in terms of employ employing family members and being able to navigate the conversations that needs to be had and the behaviors that needs to be checked whilst um, they are working towards the betterment of the family and the business. Do you have any parting words that you'd like to share with our listeners today as we wrap up this episode? I always say that if you're a family, 
always remember that you are very strong. You, you are stronger for our economy, you're stronger for your family, because you provide a lot of positive environments for them to grow and for them to excel. So try to make your experience, the experience of non-family members and the experience of your family members, something that they will remember and they will want to do better every day. Awesome, thank you so much.